0: Welcome. We are the Ladies of Strange. I'm Ashley. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Rebecca. Thank you for joining us each week as we discuss the history, mystery, and theory of all things questionable, odd, and eerie. Hello, ladies. Hello. You good? My underboob. If you must know. Happy Halloween, guys. Happy almost Halloween. Are you bringing? She put on her witch hat. Are you bringing us something
1: spooky in honor of Halloween?
0: Um, it's not spooky. Is it gruesome? Um, no. (laughs) I would never. Lies.com. Indeed. All right. Shortly after 11 o'clock Halloween night 2004 in Napa, California, 26-year-old roommates Adrian and Sogna, Leslie Mazzara, and Lauren Mianza had decided to call it a night after they finished handing out candy to trick-or-treaters. It was between 1.30 and 2 in the morning when the motion light went off and Lauren's dog, Chloe, gave what she called a warning bark. But Lauren said she dismissed the security light going on as one of the neighborhood cats. Outside, a man watched the house. He waited, smoking cigarettes and dropping butts into the yard. Shortly after 2 a.m., he climbed through a downstairs kitchen window and quickly made his way upstairs. Lauren, who had the only bedroom on the first floor, was awoken again by what she described as a blood-curdling, terrified scream and breaking glass. Suddenly, there were footsteps thundering overhead and then coming down the stairs. Quote, he was just flying down the stairs, breaking stuff as he came, Lauren said. In response, she ran, but in her panic, she ran the wrong way. Out the back door, surrounded by a six-foot fence with no way to get out. No. She stayed hidden with her dog in the fenced backyard, fearing she was trapped and whoever was in the house was coming for her next. After she saw a man crawling out of the same kitchen window he used to enter the home, she went back in to check on her roommates. She headed to her friend's bedroom upstairs and found Leslie face down in a pool of her own blood in the doorway of her bedroom. Lauren found Adrian, crouched behind Leslie's bed and barely alive, bleeding profusely from multiple stab wounds. Lauren tried to use the landline to dial 911, but found the connection was dead. Fearing she may still be in danger, she ran back downstairs, her bare feet slipping in her roommate's blood, and got her cell phone. Fleeing the house and driving away in her car, she dialed 911. When police and emergency services arrived on the scene, they had a hard time processing what had happened. Napa was not a town that is known for much crime, let alone a double homicide attempt. Leslie was officially pronounced dead at the scene, but Adrian was still clinging to life. Paramedics started to work on stabilizing her, but Adrian unfortunately succumbed to her injuries before they could get her to a hospital. Investigators looking at the scene found zip ties that had been dropped by the window that was used to enter the house. They quickly noticed that both women had been stabbed multiple times, but neither had appeared to be sexually assaulted, and it didn't appear that anything was missing from the home. Lauren told the police what she heard and saw, but she wasn't able to give a description of the killer because she had been hiding, too scared to get a good look at the man who left the house. Police reacted by scouring the crime scene, collecting 266 items of potential evidence, from microscopic fibers to cigarette butts that were located just a few feet from the motion-detector light that had gone off earlier that night. The police started going door-to-door to to ask neighbors if they had seen anything out of the ordinary, but with the common commotion that surrounds Halloween, no one could pinpoint anything strange. The grisly murder shocked residents of the close-knit community. The two women were outgoing, well, well well-kind, the two women were outgoing kind and well liked by neighbors. Quote, the killings affected everyone, said one local. It was like a Halloween movie come true. The police went through every motive thinking random murder, serial killer, but many of the clues led the investigators to believe that the killer had specifically targeted Leslie and Adrian. First was the method of the murder. Stabbing someone is a very intimate way to kill someone and probably points to the suspect knowing the victims. Adrienne was a fiercely competitive woman who was no stranger to close calls with death. At 16, she nearly died in a car collision. The accident left her with short-term memory loss and difficulty reading. Despite this, her driven nature eventually landed her a college scholarship. She became a civil engineer and got a job with the Napa Sanitation District after graduation. Friends, family, Lauren, and the investigators couldn't find any leads that would point to anyone who wanted to hurt Adrian. so they began to look into leads regarding Leslie. Leslie Mazzara was a South Carolina native and former beauty queen, Miss Williamston, who had moved to Napa Valley just that year to be closer to her mother. She worked at a winery in nearby Rutherford. She was described by friends and family as having a bubbly personality, someone who could elevate the mood of everyone around her. During the summer of 2004, Leslie moved in with Adrian and Lauren, who rented a house on Dorset Street and needed a third roommate to split the rent. They believed the suspect had purposely gone into Leslie's room first, so she was believed to be the target and Adrian had possibly just, quote, gotten in the way. Leslie was known to have been able to have anyone she wanted, That was a direct quote from multiple sources and lots of connections throughout the community. When the police pulled her phone record, she had received multiple phone calls on Halloween night from one number. The number was connected to the father of one of her ex-boyfriends. Okay. Suspicious. However, the father was ruled out after not matching any DNA found at the scene. Over the next few weeks, investigators tracked down many of Leslie's exes or past suitors traveling all over the country for interviews and DNA samples. In the months following the murders, the police interviewed over 1,300 people and collected 218 DNA samples determined to solve the crime. How many people does she know? She was very well-liked. And it wasn't just people she was involved with. This was other people that could have had potential motives or been at the house. And this was 2004, so she didn't have like a social media following at all. mm -mm. She was just, she was a uh, former beauty queen. She worked at a winery. She was just talk of the town. Living her best life. But in the end, none of them were a match to the potential killer's DNA. And on that note, as silent as you two were, I think you need drinks to get through the rest of this. <laughs> I what? was I was just
1: like, you put that together very well. I was enthralled. And I kept waiting for the next shoe to drop. And I was like, well... It, Obviously, not somebody who knew them super well if he didn't go after the one girl on the first floor, but then you said that Leslie may be the target with leslie Mm-hmm. okay, so yeah, i'm
0: just I'm hanging on every word. Good job, ma'am. You're welcome <laughs> uh before we dive in two meat and potatoes. would you like to take a quick drink break? Sure, Rebecca, sure. will you make something up for us, please? I'll take a stab at it. She's at it, mummy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Lisa Lucas from Best Forevers, a podcast for kindred spirits. I'd like to start a movement where we spend more time loving on our friends because although friends are important to us, they're often in the shadow of other relationships. So if you want to love on your friendships a little bit more, embrace friendship a little bit more, or just appreciate your friendships a little bit more, then this podcast is for you. We'll explore all the different ways friendships take place, share the amazing stories of friendship, and discuss best practices. For the difficulties that friends may experience it's time to embrace friendships because without our friends who would we be so check out best forever's on itunes stitcher and all the other podcasting listening venues and be sure to follow best forever's pod on instagram facebook and twitter back lubricated and ready to go um sure you can
0: make the crack you did but she can't say lubricated our throats are lubricated me 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 my mo, 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 mo. Mm. my 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 oh my <laughs> okay so back to this case The only clue they hoped would pay off were the cigarette butts that were found outside the house that had conclusive DNA on them. After determining none of the roommates or their recent visitors smoked and the DNA did not match any of them, the investigators believed there was a good chance the cigarette belonged to the killer. When investigators asked Lauren about who could have been smoking near their place, she casually mentioned Eric Koppel, but she said she had no reason to expect suspect him (laughs) she had no reason to suspect him of the crime after all eric was involved with lily prudhomme who adrian had quickly befriended after she began working at the sanitation company lily was one of the few other female engineers and the two quickly bonded
1: why would she say that guy
0: because he was the only person she could think of that would have smoked at the house okay got it she basically just went through
1: how many people did they collect dna from And they didn't collect DNA from somebody that would have been smoking at
0: the Uh, house? 218 DNA samples. They interviewed 1,300 people.
1: Okay. Sorry. Continue.
0: (laughs) Um, So she had casually mentioned him. Uh, They became friends, the two. So Lily and Adrian quickly bonded. Lily, Prudhomme, and Eric Koppel were high school sweethearts who had recently gotten engaged. But Lily had recently called off the wedding. After that night, the two reconciled and the engagement was back on.
1: After what night? The night they called it off? Yes. Okay. And I wanted to make sure. Okay, yeah.
0: So Lily Prudhomme and Eric Koppel were high school sweethearts who had recently gotten engaged, but Lily had recently called off the wedding. After the night of the murders, the two reconciled and the engagement was back on. They leaned on each other and Adrian's family to get through the tragic event. After the murders, they all attended the funerals together and even organized a candlelight vigil for the two girls two weeks after the murders.
1: Were Lily and... Um Lauren, 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 Lauren. Lauren, Secretly Lovers, and Eric killed her. Or Lily and Lauren, Secretly Lovers? Yeah, why else would Eric kill her? Because she was the intended target. You're I don't ass- know, continue. You're assuming it was him, right? I am, because she told us it was. It could have been him with the cigarette butts, and he's being very involved in the after uh, after stuff.
0: The aftermath?
1: Yeah. The after yeah, stuff? Yeah, because he's
0: dating the girl who was good friends with the girl
1: who died. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, tr- I'm trying. I've got lots of theories rattling around in my
0: head. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying let's get a little more information first.
1: <laughs> you guys are being too quiet. Here are my theories. You're not wrong. Just be quiet. I didn't
0: say it. what I said. <laughs> wow, someone has our moody pants on today. Right, sassy pants over there. Wowie, zowie. I'm just saying because every time you jump to conclusions, you feel bad if you She's blame like, the like, oh, wrong wait. person.
1: <laughs> oh, now I feel bad. I won't feel bad this week. Maybe next week, but it's Lies.
0: No, this you'll, week. You'll give, feel bad on your own story?
1: This week I give no emotional f- fudges.
0: <laughs> All my emotional fudges are
1: bleeding out of me.
0: <laughs> Hello and welcome. We were the Ladies of Strange. And we have canceled ourselves. Goodbye. <laughs> So in February 2005, Lily and Eric even asked Adrian's mother, Arlene Allen, to read a passage from the Bible during their wedding ceremony in honor of Adrian, who is supposed to be one of Lily's bridesmaids. In September 2005, with another Halloween quickly approaching and the community fearing another attack as the killer was still believed to be at large, the police were under severe pressure and desperate to find answers. A new team was assigned to the case and they brought up a. All I could find is DNA site or DNA type site. I don't know if it's like Ancestry or one of the other ones where you like it, spit in a tube. It's a bit early for that though. Well, it says a DNA type site that can tell you information about the subject but couldn't break it down to the exact person, which it may have been around for law enforcement and stuff before it was there. Yeah. Send it through USPS and spit in a tube for us the testing not only revealed that the killer was a white male but in his 20s or 30s and also provided specific clues about his appearance and what part of the globe his ancestors came from while they were rescanning the physical evidence a new investigator also noticed something unique about the cigarettes that had been previously overlooked cloves yeah. what that would have been the time yeah, it yeah. Was <laughs> like, mm, nope 2004 that was right on the nail on the head <laughs> um they were camel turkish golds This type had only been on the market since 2000 and were not a very popular one. After being hesitant to release information on the case, police decided to put out a press release on September 22, 2005, nearly 11 months after the murders. They said they had more information in the case and found Descript DNA and the unique cigarette brand that were found at the scene. Police hoped that by releasing this information, it would prompt someone to make a link between a person in their life who smoked that particular brand, and they would come forward with a name. To the surprise of the police, only days later, on September 27th, Lily came forward and said, my husband.
1: Yes! <laughs> the look she gave me said yes.
0: Lily Prudholm, now Lily Koppel, and her husband, Eric Koppel, showed up at the police station where Eric turned himself in for the murders of Leslie and Adrian. They didn't take his DNA. I'm on Tiffany's side now. <laughs> Thank you. Don't let this go to your head. You were. This is just once you were right. Then it's recorded. I was about to say you're giving her a lot of credit there. That's why I said once.
1: Now I just got to see if Lily and Lauren were having an affair, or if that's if Lily why. and Lauren were having yeah, an affair. Yeah, I think that's why Eric killed Lily and Adrian. She was away. a friend of Adrian's. So. Yes, but you said Lauren was the intended target based on the initial. Okay, so that's, I'm
0: wrong. That's what they initially suspected. Lily and Adrian were having an affair. Final answer.
1: I'll phone a friend later. Okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All your friends are here. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) So a little bit of backtrack here. Eric and Lily had been seen arguing at a party that they had both attended on Halloween night in 2004. Eric confessed that he had been drinking heavily and that had upset Lily. So she drove him to their home and dropped him off while she went to stay with her parents that night. Eric said he stumbled into bed, but he woke up sometime after midnight and ended up driving to the home of Adrian, Leslie, and Lauren. But why he went there, he couldn't or wouldn't say. It's believed he may have thought that Lily had gone to see Adrian after their argument. That night, Eric said he stood outside the home for a while, smoked two or three cigarettes, then he took his knife, cut the screen, and went straight upstairs. At the top of the stairs, I don't know why this phrasing creeped me out so much, At the top of the stairs, Eric crept into Adrian's room, laid on a pile of clothes at the foot of her bed, and he was awoken by Adrian looking over the bed at him. However, Koppel was unable to justify or explain his actions, telling police during the interviews that he could barely remember what happened. His story was that he was very drunk and he wasn't able to recall any details. However, based on what he remembered from later that night after he had driven home, he was fairly certain that he had killed Adrian and Leslie.
1: Oh, maybe I was wrong. Ooh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Ew. laughs> He realized he had blood on his sweater and went outside to his backyard, built a fire, and burned all of his clothes. For 11 months, he went on with life as usual. He rekindled his relationship with Lily, went to work as usual, and had even had helped the families of Leslie and Adrian through their mourning. If it hadn't been for the release of information regarding the cigarette butts, he may have never been investigated. But the realization that people may begin to suspect him after tying him to the camel Turkish golds caused Eric to panic. He began to pin notes to his family stating he planned to take his own life quote he didn't see it as a suicide he saw it as justice when his brother received the note he rushed over and he and lily talked him down and encouraged him to go to the police but was his statement the truth He couldn't offer any motive, and something about his statement didn't match the evidence they had, including him saying that he went into Adrian's room first. Uh What about his DNA? After he made a statement, he was taken into custody. Although Koppel didn't exactly say so, some sources told investigators that he suspected Lily Prudhomme's friendship with Adrian had contributed to the broken engagement. Lily would later say that she and Adrian would discuss their relationships, and some believe Lily may have made the decision to call off the engagement in March of 2004 after one of their chats. With their relationship falling apart, Lily leaned heavily on Adrian and even planned a trip with her to Australia in November of 2004 in place of her scheduled honeymoon after what would have been Lily and Eric's scheduled wedding date on November 1st, 2004, the day Leslie and Adrian were murdered. Was Eric threatened by Adrian? Did he feel like she was taking his place? His relationship with Lily was the most important thing in his life and the only thing that was helping him stable. Eric would never do anything to hurt Lily, but could he do the next best thing by trying to win her back by killing her best friend and the one who he may have believed to be the witch that pushed them apart?
1: I don't think it was him anymore.
0: If that was his plan, it had worked. After Adrian was killed, Lily realized life was short and went back to Eric and went forward with the wedding. The police came under serious scrutiny with Koppel's arrest. How had they never interviewed him or reached out for a DNA sample even though he was in their close circle of friends? They had allegedly called him at the beginning of the investigation, left messages, but they were never returned.
1: What? <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> Okay,
0: so Excuse PSA, me? don't do this, but if you do, just don't return the calls. After the arrest, they said, we would have gotten to him eventually. Oh
1: my God. It's the not- <laughs> We don't know where to
0: turn. Let's release this information. Oh, don't worry. We have more suspects, but we'll get to them but later. we'll get to them. What the hell? After his arrest, the DNA sample was obtained and no shock. It matched the DNA on the cigarette butts and the blood found inside the home. On December 5th, 2006, over a year after his confession, Eric Koppel finally appeared in court. So the next portion I'm going to read is a lot of quotes from the court case, but they are like whew, right in the heart. Oh, dang. So I really wanted to read them. Uh, we'll be sure to have the articles that I got them from listed. So these are basically direct quotes, but they're good. So Koppel expressed regret for his actions saying, quote, I'm a broken man. I cannot fathom an explanation for my sinful deeds. The terrible agony inflicted upon a great number of people, words evade me. Speaking of the events leading up to the murder, he said, quote, I've always been an introverted person. My beloved grandfather suffered a stroke and died. I could not secure gainful employment. My relationship with Lily was in jeopardy and crashing. It was like it all fertilized the seed of anger in my heart. In the end, he said he had been depressed and used alcohol to cope, which only made things worse. He said he wishes he would have gotten help. Quote, there was a rage inside me if I had only listened to those who pleaded with me to get the help I needed. I was going to end my life, but I didn't want to take the answers Mm -hmm. regarding the murders to my grave. Followed by, when I talked to the police, I told the truth. God is my witness. Lily, for her part, said that she had no idea the man she married was the man responsible for the murder of her friends. During his trial, Lily told the court, quote, "'Adrian and I were good friends. Arlene, Adrian's mother, and I have grieved together. Our friendship bond was stressed when Eric confessed, but it was not broken,' she said. "'I know a gentler Eric. In the days before he confessed, I knew something terrible was bothering him. I told him, "'Eric, there's nothing in the world you could do to make me love you less.'" Those words are just as true today as they were that afternoon. Oh damn. I don't get it. But no, no, I'm about to say fine. hard disagree, but that's just me. <laughs> I'm gonna go with no dog.
1: I think it is wonderful that she does not hold on to anger like most would. Good
0: for her. That's one way to put it. But yeah, I guess kudos on that front, but please don't sit around and wait for him. In court, Arlene Allen read a statement. Arlene is Adrian's mother. Quote, Eric, you knew Adrian, and Eric, I know you. I know that you are a man who brutally and callously took the life of a wonderful woman you never met. Regarding Leslie.
1: Leslie. Leslie.
0: You are the one who violently stabbed to death the best friend of the woman you love. You cannot love Lily and murder her best friend. You cannot love Lily and bring a knife into Adrienne's home and stab her again and again and again and again and again. My baby never wore a turtleneck sweater in her life, yet she had to be buried in one. And still, it could not hide the extent of her wounds. You are the man who is so cruel as to invite me, the mother of the woman you murdered, to stand up for you at your wedding, to read scripture to you of love and death, and to bless your union. Throughout that weekend, you brought me into the heart of your family, knowing all the while it was you who destroyed mine. So I say to you, Eric, go. Leave this world of family and friends, of hope and dreams, of life and love and laughter. There is no place for you here. She said, directing her words at Koppel, quote, you will be forgotten. And when that door closes behind you today, I will think of you no more.
1: Oh, mama.
0: At his sentencing, Leslie's mother, Kathy Harrington, looked directly at Koppel, who avoided eye contact, and said, quote, I demand resurrection for Leslie. It was her dream to meet her perfect partner and have four little boys, babies that I will never get to hold in my arms. Ugh. She said, for the rest of your life, you and your family will experience what both your victims and loved ones have felt, terror, desperation, hopelessness, and violence. I wish I could tell you that I forgive you. But at this time, I cannot. And finally, I pray that I never again will any mother's child grow up to be a murderer. I don't like it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I warned you. You did. We have chocolate.
1: I know. I do. I Maybe I something wanna, stronger? I want
0: to hug those mamas. Yeah. They've actually gone on to do a lot with like the Innocence Project and stuff, which is pretty not cool because it's out of unfortunate circumstances. But Adrian's mother is so godly that i can't even like after it all happened she went to a convent oh wow with i can't remember if she was a teacher or just like a spiritual leader for her but she went and spent time with her and that's what helped her process a lot of it that's
1: i mean it's a terrible circumstance but i'm glad she had that Mm -hmm.
0: um so eric koppel was charged with two counts of first degree murder and pleaded guilty to both for going a trial After discussions with the victim's family, Koppel's attorney, and the prosecution, an agreement was reached that Koppel would spend the rest of his life in prison, with no possibility for parole in exchange for the death penalty being taken off the table. He also waived his right to appeal and his right to talk about the case to anyone except for members of a clergy, meaning media interviews are not allowed and we may never get to hear exactly what his motive was, if he ever realizes one. Whoa. And that's my story. Well, that was heavy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: I will say it. It kept me going because I was like, it's him. It's him. It's not him.
0: No, it is. He's he's a big turd. <laughs> no, He's a big turd. There was a lot about his past and his mental health, and I do. I'm not completely negating that, but I also uh, don't understand how he could have done it and gone almost a year without any inkling that he had done something. Yeah, because yeah. it wasn't until... He suspected he was going to get caught until he was like, Oh, by the way, Mm -hmm. I did something. It's kind of like when you're little and you do something, you try to hide it like in the garage, and then mom goes to get the Christmas decorations out at the end of the year, and you're like, Oh, by the way, mom, you're going to find something that you don't like in there. That vase, you were wondering where it went. Um, But yeah, that was my story. Happy Halloween. I hope you have a great weekend.
1: uh please be safe out there you guys yes. and you know put boards up over your windows <laughs> and get dogs and pay
0: attention to their warning parks
1: yes and name them chloe that was the puppy's name right yeah now. chloe good pupper
0: she's the bestest pupper
1: i need a pupper to cuddle right now i
0: can't help you with that okay well but yay <laughs> thank you honey you're welcome <laughs> well on that note <laughs> happy halloween And remember, friends, everyone has something that they find odd. Let us tell you why sometimes it's not. This one's (laughs) odd. This is an odd one. We don't like it. If you have any questionable topics you'd like us to discuss, you can share them with us on any of our social medias. Links can be found on our website, or you can just search for us. Or you can email topics to us at thelaysestrange at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and
1: review. And if you think we're doing a great job and want to support the show, we'd greatly appreciate it. You can find us at patreon.com slash theladiesofstrange. Keep it strange, lovelies.
0: Goodbye.
1: Happy Halloween.